0: I'm coming. Hello? Hey, uh, I'm just here to deliver the pizza. Oh, okay. It's for my son's soccer team. Careful, it's uh, hot and ready. Mm-hmm. Speaking of hot and ready, <laughs> it looks like they make delivery drivers in all shapes and sizes these days, eh? <laughs> yeah, you, uh... You mind if I come inside and naughty pizza? <laughs> Did you just say naughty? You know it, Toots. Oh, I love it when you call me that. <laughs> come over here, big pizza daddy. <clears throat> oh, no. oh, no. Yeah. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Big Lash Energy. I'm your host, Jaina Marie. Recently, I asked my Instagram family, are you okay with your partner watching porn? 26% of the people who responded said, oh hell no. Well, 16% said, only if it's with me. And 57% said, you want to watch porn? Go for it, buddy. I also asked, Knowing my partner watches porn makes me feel blank. And staying consistent with the previous results, 60% said it made them feel indifferent. Whereas 18% said it made them feel insecure, 14% said it made them feel disrespected, and 8% said it turned them on. To be honest, I thought the responses were going to be much different than that. I thought people would have much more of an issue with their partner watching porn, but then maybe they don't know what I do about the physical, spiritual, and even addictive effects that porn can have on someone? After doing hair and makeup for porn, as well as being married to a very prominent porn producer, I've seen the dark side of how it's made, as well as the effects it can have on your love life. Don't get me wrong, you can have a healthy relationship to porn in the same way that someone can have a, like a drink or two when they're out with friends and others don't know when to stop. When it comes to porn, some can dabble in it once in a while, some want to watch it every day, and some only use it when their partner is gone. Others need the visual stimulation in order to get turned on. There are varying degrees of addiction too. Heavily addicted porn users can spend hours a day watching. They would rather choose porn over real sex, and they may even struggle with erectile dysfunction caused by overstimulation. I'm going to go a lot more into all of that in an upcoming episode. Soon, I'll be releasing an entire episode dedicated to porn addiction featuring an interview with a professional athlete detailing exactly what that struggle looks like. But first, I wanted to give a brief history of porn, share some fun facts that you could tell your friends over a margarita, as well as a rundown of how porn has affected me Directly. Then I'm going to share with you some of the responses I got when I asked my Instagram family, has porn affected your relationships in some way? Just wait till you hear the answers. And be sure to stay till the end because we're going to finish it all off with some suggestions of other places you can find inspiration for a little self-love situation. So close your browser, step away from your vibrator. Today we're talking about porn and some of the alternative ways to get the Ophies. <gasps> Welcome to Big Lash Energy, dedicated to helping you navigate life's hurdles with your head held high. We're celebrating wins, learning from our losses, and laughing at ourselves along the way. <laughs> now here's your favorite hype woman, Jana Marie. Jayna Marie. preparation for this episode, I did a lot of research. And in my findings, there were so many fun facts. I couldn't help but want to share some with you. So let's start with the history of pornography, shall we? The word pornography is from the Greek word porne, which means prostitute, and graphos, which means to write or to record. So in other words, pornography means writing about prostitutes. It's defined as printed or visual material containing the explicit display of sexual organs or activity intended to stimulate erotic feelings. In case you thought that this was something new, our fascination with sex and sexual imagery dates back to Mesopotamian times. Of course, they didn't have magazines, movies, or iPhone screens to watch porn on, but they were carving really busty women and penises out of stone. Then there were the Kenjiashi, Kenji, Ugh. Ken. Ugh. Let me try again. Kenjiashi Menji petroglyphs. Yes, found in a cave in China that were dated back to three thousand or four thousand years ago. These were carvings that were found on the inside of a cave. In one of the scenes, figures were dancing in a circle around a gender non-conforming figure as they prepared to have sex with a woman. In another, a male is seen embracing another male while a third masturbates alone. Other men with erections appear to be dancing in a gender non-conforming figure. In other words, they were getting (laughs) freaky back then and they wanted others to know about it. Film production of pornography began immediately after the invention of the motion picture in 1895. In fact... The motion pictures were invented in 1895, and do you know when they produced the first ever film pornography? It was in 1896, exactly one year later. (laughs) Could you just picture them all like, hmm, you know what else we could do with these cameras? Some of the very first things ever recorded on film that we have today are naked people doing ordinary things. One example from the 1880s shows a nude woman walking up and down steps and turning around to walk the other way with a sort of sexy strut. In the 1920s, many pornographic films showing outright penetration, threesomes, and orgies would be produced for the first time ever. People had cameras, people had bodies, people had sex, and it was only a matter of time before these concepts were put together to invent the pornographic film. Of course, pornographic films weren't always mainstream, so in the meantime... You know, how were people getting off? Well, of course, there were magazines where the woman was simply posing pretty, either naked or semi-nude, but she wasn't touching herself. It was more of a celebration of her figure. If you couldn't get your hands on a nudie magazine, you'd use the bra section of a Sears catalog. But the real jackpot was getting access to a VHS tape. Still, you had to make sure nobody was home or nobody would hear you. And online, I saw lots of people describing how they'd sneak a viewing and then have to rewind the tape back to where it first started so they wouldn't be busting when their brother or dad went to watch it themselves. Once the internet finally made its way into our homes, we didn't have Wi-Fi. We had dial-up connections that we used on the family computer that sat somewhere that anyone could get to, so you had to be strategic with your timing as well as clearing your browser history. I found some searches online that ask, what did we used to do before Wi-Fi and pornography? One man said, I found the nudie calendars my dad had hidden in the garage. He had no idea I snuck in there all the time to stare at boobs. I still have the vision of Miss April imprinted on my brain to this day. Someone else said, there were the late night phone sex commercials on cable or the Girls Gone Wild infomercials. Those were such different times. Then, of course, someone said the bra section of the Sears catalog scrambled Playboy or showcase channels late at night, dial up internet taking 30 minutes to load an image. Oh my God, it was the worst. But now, obviously, times have changed. With Wi-Fi, we don't have to walk into a dingy store and face the cashier with a video you're ashamed to want to see. Now, porn can be conveniently in your hand, ready for whenever you want it. In fact, 20% of men and 13% of women admit to having accessed porn while at work. And Pornhub recently announced that 85% of North Americans choose to watch porn on their smartphone. That means now you could literally be watching porn anywhere and no one would have to know. And that's exactly how the porn industry has exploded. Did you know the porn industry has grown to such an epic proportion that the revenue generated by it is now larger than all professional basketball, baseball and football franchises combined? (laughs) Yeah. And it's not just men. Actually, it might surprise you to know that 17% of women admit to struggling with porn addiction. Oh, speaking of women in porn, did you know that the most searched porn term for women globally is Ah. lesbian? Which I think is an important thing to take into consideration before you send a dick pic, you know? Because basically, we're really, really, really really not trying to see penises. (laughs) For International Women's Day, Pornhub released their statistics about which porn terms were searched the most by women according to their locations. I cracked up when I saw that the most used search term in Oregon was tattooed women. Because I distinctly remember visiting Portland and being complimented on my tattoos literally everywhere I went. I never really considered until now that maybe those ladies were trying to pick me up. Hmm. Interesting. Here's another fact I found while researching for this episode. A survey of Hilton, Marriott, Hyatt, Sheraton, and Holiday Inn hotels found that almost 70% of their room service profits come from porn movies. You heard me right. Yeah. There was another statistic that said on average, 50% of hotel guests order porn on their televisions. I thought it had to be a lie until I started researching for celebrity quotes on porn and found one from Lily Allen, the musician. She said, when I travel around the world, there often isn't anything to watch on TV, especially when they don't speak English. But watching porn is fine as it doesn't need words. Lily told Heat Magazine that it's sort of universal, so I watch a lot of it. Then during a 2011 appearance on Jimmy Kimmel Live, Cameron Diaz professed her shameless enjoyment of porn. The actress exclaimed, I love porn. You know what I love about hotels? How discreet they are. She explained, they always give you that little thing at the bottom that your room will be charged the same as any other room and no titles will be used. So clearly there are a lot of people watching porn in hotel rooms, including celebrities. Americans are the biggest porn consumers on the planet, followed by Brits, then Japanese in third place. The frisky French come in fourth, and Italians rounded up the top five. So Canadians didn't even make the top five list? We were actually eighth last year. Pardon me as I polish my halo. <laughs> According to Pornhub, 67% of the American visitors were male, with female visitors slowly climbing every year. Come on, ladies, are we going to let the men beat us? The average age of a Pornhub user is 37, but sexed up seniors aged 65 and over still account for 7% of all the visitors. Now, when you look at the United States and the most searched porn terms, depending on state, it's kind of funny. Texas, for example, has the most searched term of thick Latina, whereas Wisconsin, those people are looking for lesbian yoga very specific. (laughs) In New York, they're searching for foot jobs. And in Iowa, the most searched porn term is Harley Quinn. I wonder if she knows she's really popular there. Then there's Louisiana, where the most searched porn term is naked woman. That's it. Just naked woman. (laughs) Since we have a lot of UK listeners on BLE, I thought I'd check the most searched terms according to the areas there. Well, Scotland apparently has a thing for solo male porn, which seems kind of sweet and innocent compared to the East Midlands desire for fisting content. Northern Ireland likes smoking porn apparently, while the East likes pissing, the Southwest likes bondage, and the Northwest are true patriots with their number one search being British. The Queen must have been so proud. Why do I find this stuff so fascinating? also the trends change every year depending on what's happening in the social climate in the u.s the term that's had the biggest rise in popularity in the past year has been transgendered and in canada the most trending search for 2022 was are you ready for this girl with two vaginas i'm sorry what yeah it saw an increase in 1629 percent in 2022 so what do you search Okay, never mind. That can be your little secret. But the moral of the story is everyone has their thing. That was definitely something I learned from working in the porn industry. You have no idea what kind of kinks people are into. For example, macrophiliacs get off to giant things. Spectrophiliacs are riled up by ghosts. Trichophiliacs dig long hair, while hobophilia is all about sexual fantasies with homeless people. Trypsolangiacs are aroused by having their hair shampooed. Watch out for them frequenting the hair salon just a little too often. Then there's the climacophiliacs. They achieve sexual arousal from seeing someone fall down the stairs. And there's even a term for people who get randy from teddy bears, but the word was so long I couldn't pronounce it. Damn, after hearing all of these, I gotta say cheers to the ones who just want a good old-fashioned booty pick. Am I right? I'd hate to have to film myself falling down the stairs for my person to get their jollies out. Oh, I remember being on set for a shoot that had to have as many finishes as possible and so that the content could be sellable to as many websites as possible. If the title was Pizza Man Gets to Smash a Soccer Mom, the producer would say things like, make sure you mention how nice her feet are so we can sell it as foot fetish too. Oh, and mention that you're her stepson so we can also promote it as stepmom content. That shit sells great. Okay, I got seriously distracted for a second there. My bad. But what can I say? I'm a sucker for statistics all right enough procrastinating it's time for me to get to the meat of the episode how porn has affected my love life Whew, are you ready for this let's go let's go the reason i might sound extra passionate today is because porn has affected me since my very first relationship it actually started with my first boyfriend yep yeah, right out the gates. Back then, he and I were as innocent as they come. I was super involved in the church at the time and attending a Christian school. I really wanted to wait until we got married. I've talked about this before. As we navigated the, quote, temptation to give into the flesh we got into the habit of telling ourselves that sex was wrong. We'd been told that it was only acceptable within the confines of a marriage. And so I can't fully say today that wanting to finally have sex wasn't part of the reason that we got married sooner than we should have. Because... It probably was. Either way, we ended up married, but it was really hard to suddenly switch to having sex being okay for us when we trained ourselves to believe that it was wrong for so long. That being said, we weren't adventurous at all in the bedroom. In fact, we were super shy. We didn't talk about sex, and it was like we were trying to pretend it wasn't even happening. There was just so much guilt and shame in it. "'We didn't communicate about it at all. "'We didn't play or switch things up, "'and we'd never really even seen each other naked. "'So imagine my surprise the night that we were fooling around "'and he whispered in my ear, "'Can you pretend you're with another woman tonight?' "'I'm sorry, what can I... skirt? what?' "'Can I pretend I'm with another woman? "'What the hell did that even mean?' I had next to zero experience with men, let alone knowing how to mime that I'm making out with a woman. What What? in the sexual charades was this? Confused as hell, I didn't want him to feel judged or like I wasn't on board for whatever he was interested in, so I (laughs) awkwardly mimed that I had a boob in each hand and he loved it. Yeah, I raised an eyebrow. Like, that worked? I really didn't know what else to do, so next I just looked at my pillow and said, You're so beautiful, babe. He seemed to really like that too, which confused me even more. What the hell was this all about? Then a few months went by and we moved to Vancouver into a little studio apartment right downtown. Our bedroom was more of a cubby beside the kitchen that was the exact size of a mattress and it had a window that went into the main living area. One night I woke up to find that he was no longer in bed beside me. I waited to see if he was going to come back from the bathroom, but after a few minutes of him not returning, I decided to get up and look around. I peeked out the window and saw him sitting on our computer, the screen lighting up his face, and him stroking his dick to images of two women clearly much hotter than I was, and my heart sank. I knew that watching porn was a thing, but I kind of thought it was something that would happen when I was out of town or maybe something he'd do in secret if I rejected his advances. I never imagined he would leave our bed from right beside me, a willing participant, to do that. It just seemed so secretive. And I felt really rejected, to be honest. On top of all of that, now I knew why he was needing me to pretend that I was with another woman. It's what he'd been getting off to. I guess that's one of my main issues with porn. It has the power to change your appetite and oftentimes to something you could never get in real life. I mean, that's what makes it more risque, right? Chris Rock said in one of his comedy specials, when you watch too much porn, you know what happens? You get desensitized. When you start watching porn, any porn will do, but then later, you're all fucked up and you need a perfect porn cocktail in order to get aroused. He said, I was so fucked up, but I'm a lot better now. My husband's porn cocktail at the time had become two women together, and that's not weird at all. Like I said earlier, it's the most searched porn term. However, his porn cocktail had become two women together, and it was clear by him needing me to pretend that there was another woman in the bed, that it was what he now needed in order to be aroused. And the reason it was frustrating to me is because aside from me never being able to look like the woman he was jerking off to, it felt like it would be impossible for me to please him because after all, I could never be two women. Now, to the men who might be listening, I get it. Some of you search for what you search for and don't expect that in real life at all. But my point is that from a woman's perspective, it can be the cause of real insecurity. For example, if you've been married to a woman who's been working full time while trying her best to raise the two kids her body has given you, then she sees that you're staring at 21 year olds with fake boobs, perfect tans, pretending to have all the energy and enthusiasm in the world. It feels pretty hard to compete with. So if your wife or girlfriend sees what you've been watching, all I ask is that you not be surprised if she lacks confidence in the bedroom afterwards. I guess I could say, imagine if you knew she was searching huge monster dicks and you knew that was the thing that really turned her on. Then you look down at your very average sized penis and you probably couldn't help but feel a little less confident than before you knew about it. The second time porn affected me was, of course, when I was married to a porn producer. I've already talked quite a bit about how our marriage was surprisingly mostly sexless, which I'm sure had a lot to do with what he thought of the women who enjoyed sex versus the kind of woman he wanted to be married to, But at this phase in my life, I was actually most affected by the women who would call our house begging to be taken off of the websites. Women saying that they'd changed their lives around. They were trying to do something good for themselves. And now this decision that they'd made maybe years prior when they were in a bad place in their lives was haunting them wherever they went. The reasons I heard that most women got into porn was that they were uneducated and needing to make money quick, as well as maybe they were sexually abused or drug addicted, lost, desperate women, often coming from bad families. And the truth is, out of all the shoots I worked on, I can only maybe think of two women who said they were there because they just loved having sex on camera. Even then, I don't really know their whole story and if that was actually the truth. What the producers would do is they would get a video recording of the woman saying that she was down for anything and that she knew what she was going to be doing that day. But nothing could really prepare her for what she might end up going through. And in the end, if she had regrets and wished that she hadn't done it, she'd already signed all of her rights away. Once the footage had been edited, it could be sold to multiple websites for content providers all around the world in addition to being copied by viewers and reposted on other sites the original production company had no idea about. So when these women would change their minds, it would already be too late. Their faces would already be all over the internet and all for only usually $400 to $1,000. There was one shoot I went to where the woman was told she'd be having sex with two men, but the producer informed her that it was actually going to be five and her agent should have told her that. Well, I was doing her hair and makeup when she found out, and I could feel her anxiety levels rising. As soon as the producer walked away, I started trying to tell her that you don't have to do this, and if she didn't feel right, she should just leave. There would always be more work, but it's something that she'll never be able to take back. She thanked me for the advice, and when her makeup was done, I left. I was worried about her, so I called the producer afterwards to find out if she stayed. He said, yeah. She was offered an extra $100, so she drank a bottle of wine, did a line of coke, and went on with the shoot like a champ. I knew she didn't really want to do it. Now, if I ever try to watch porn, I can't help but see broken women making decisions they'll regret later, and it really takes the fun out of it for me. Here's a quote from Terry Crews. My issue was, and is with pornography, that it changes the way you think about people. People become objects, people become body parts, they become things to be used, rather than people to be loved. The last time porn affected me was the time I fell in love long distance with the son of a pastor. He and I met online, and I'm going to do an entire episode on this because the story is actually quite interesting and deserves more airtime, but for today I'm just going to talk about the part that's most relevant to us. I fell for him before he ever told me his age. He didn't really want me to know because he was quite a bit younger than me and thought that it would change my mind about him. But by the time I'd found out, we already had a really deep connection. He was an adult, and I'd just gone through a divorce, so I wasn't about to turn away the love he had for me. One thing about him was that he was still a virgin. He placed a lot of value in sex and who he felt comfortable sharing his body with, but we had grown so close that we started to talk about what it might be like if we were to have sex with each other. He joked all the time that if he ever finally got the chance to be with me, he'd probably be embarrassed at how fast he'd finish. Well, after about four months of talking like two to six hours a night, I decided I needed to finally meet him in person. I flew all the way to his city, but could only be there for six hours before I'd have to fly all the way back for work. But to me, this would be worth it. I just had to meet him. I told the man in the seat beside me on the plane that I was flying eight hours for a kiss. Oh, I was so romantic back then. Well, when I got there, nothing changed. There was an electricity between us and I'm sure it's because of all the deep conversations we'd had. It felt like he knew all of me. It was completely unplanned, but we did end up making out and one thing led to another and the next thing we knew, we were having sex. Everything was great. It was passionate. We knew each other well. It was intimate, but it took him forever to finish like I'm talking we were both confused as hell our chemistry was so good I knew it wasn't something missing between us and he even admitted it was his fantasy come true to be with me I didn't make a big deal out of it at the time because I didn't want him to feel bad and we basically just kind of laughed it off like well that didn't go how we expected did it but I left feeling pretty confused it all made a lot more sense when we had a talk about it and he admitted to me that he watched a lot of porn. So even though he was finally enjoying this moment that he'd been waiting for, even though a successful beautiful woman had flown all across the country for him, even though his fantasy to be with an older woman was finally coming true, it still wasn't enough stimulation. He'd become desensitized to sex and he hadn't even gotten to enjoy it yet. Did you know that the average first exposure to pornography is now 11 years old? In one study, they even said nine. When I was in high school, I'm going to be honest, I didn't really know anything about sex except for what my friends had told me. But now, apparently, the average age for a child to lose their virginity is between 15 to 17. But if you've been watching porn since you were nine or 11 years old, you're going to come out the gates with some pretty high expectations. And that's a totally new phenomenon. This is why when I ask the question, has porn affected your relationship in any way, I feel like the answer just has to be yes, even if we're unsure of why, or even if it's not blatant, it still is affecting us all every day. Orlando Bloom said, they've done studies. They can't find any kids who don't watch it. When you watch multiple people at multiple times in one evening, how is your actual real life partner going to match up? He said, it's just so destructive. And that's exactly what happened to me that night. I flew to Baltimore. I simply could not compete with all of the things that were in his brain, with all of the desensitization that had happened over years of watching porn. That's actually really sad when you think about it for both me and him. As promised, here are four ways you can get your motor running without needing to watch porn. First of all, have you heard of audio erotica? is pretty self-explanatory. It's sexy storytelling that can be found on websites online and also as podcasts, which is great for you considering you're already listening to a podcast right now. I love that there aren't any bodies needed for the production, they're just voice actors and you could just close your eyes, listen, and use your imagination. I don't know about you, but sometimes porn can be super distracting if one of the actors is making a stupid face or there's a giant zit on someone's ass or something. I love that in my fantasy world, I can fill in the blanks where I want and I'm not comparing myself or my partner to anyone. Ugh. Number two, what about literotica? Reading a sexy story is also great for your imagination and the buildup is super sexy. There's a reason the Fifty Shades of Grey novel series topped the bestseller lists all around the world despite questionable content and prose. The running joke was that of the housewife sitting on the washing machine with her book in hand. I'm sure it still had to do with women telling each other all about how tantalizing it was. That being said, I still haven't read the books or seen the movie. I guess I gotta get on that. Number three, Mm. make your own porn. Lights, camera, and action. Why not set up a tripod and film yourself with your partner? That's spicy as fuck. I remember meeting a woman one time who had found her husband's sexy magazine collection under their mattress. Instead of getting mad, she got even. She booked hair and makeup with me and arranged a super racy photo shoot, then replaced his entire stash with sexy photos of her. I'm here for it. I think it's hilarious too. (gasps) Lastly, why not dirty talk with your partner? Try sending sexy messages throughout the day. It'll get both of your motors running. If you're flying solo, there are chat rooms full of people who want to talk sexy. It can be a serious turn on talking with a faceless person about what you'd want to do in the bedroom or anywhere else. You can stay completely anonymous and don't even need to know who they are. It's just a fun little texty time to get your heart rate pumping. Oh, I don't know about you, but those ideas have got me thinking that it's time to log off my podcast recording session. <laughs> I got some work to do. I hope you found this thought provoking. I'm by no means here to make you feel guilty or tell you not to watch porn. There are plenty of couples who watch with their partners and it brings them closer together as well as people who use it sparingly and still have very healthy sex lives. I'm only trying to shed some light on things you may not have considered and possibly start a conversation that wouldn't have happened otherwise. Now that we've come to the end of the episode, I'd like to share with you some of the responses my Instagram friends left me when I asked the question, has porn affected your relationship? Let's see what everybody had to say. Yes, majorly. My husband has been watching since a teen and it's really affecting our marriage. It hasn't, but I watch girl on girl when I'm alone. It's sexier than blowjobs, anal and cream pies. I found out he had a secret porn addiction for the entirety of our relationship and lied about it for 12 years. Yes, and poorly. I was shamed by my partner for it. Safe to say he's an ex for a reason. Yes, we wouldn't have sex because my ex had already satisfied his own needs. Yes, my partner, now forgiven, was talking to OnlyFans girls and sexting them. Let's just say the Wi-Fi got more action than I ever did. My man and I go to the strip club all the time and bond over it. The sex is great after. Not mine, but a close friend of mine has had this happen and it's heartbreaking. HLS from the My 5 Cents podcast said, hell yeah, it has for the good and bad. It's taught me a bunch of new things to experiment with, but I had to learn the hard way that a lot of it isn't realistic. My hobby and I watch porn together to spice things up. I initiate and choose what we watch. I love it. Thank you for tuning in this week. If you have something you'd like to add to this conversation or a personal experience you'd like to share with me, don't hesitate to hit me up on social media. I'm always available at Big Lash Podcast on Instagram or in my emails, Jana at biglashpodcast.com. Now, if you know anyone who could find this episode helpful or someone who just needs a little BLE in their life, could you pretty please share this podcast with them? I hear every time you do an angel gets its wings i could have gone so many ways with that today <laughs> anyways thanks again for being here now please go be your most fabulous self and don't forget to spread that badass big lash energy everywhere you go hey yo, uh, i'm just here to deliver the pizza thanks so much yeah, bye what? What you
1: Time to waste what you make